Hey, very good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Sean. This is Alex. And you're listening to another episode of Coaster Kings Radio. And today we're looking back at IAPA, which we just spent the last two days at IAPA. 2023, damn time flies. Last year there was a couple years ago, 2019. And uh, this time we were there uh, as guests of Bold Move Nation, a new upcoming dark ride company that Sven works for. So that was exciting. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, all things Bolt Move Nation and uh, some of our favorite boots that we visited today, or the last couple days rather, um, including some dark rides, some roller coaster manufacturers, theme park builders, water slides, water slides, all of the above. Um, surprisingly, large amount of Chinese companies that we swung by. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's what we'll talk about. So the first place we're gonna go on our tour of the IAPA show for. Um, I would say the biggest focus for IAPA these days is um, the revealing of the trains and, like, usually the lead car of a ride vehicle or a ride of a train, a roller coaster train. Sometimes these reveals come with a a whole ride reveal, too. Like, they're, like, revealing an entire attraction by also revealing the train. But most of these were attractions that were already announced that – we now get to see the custom rolling stock design for, um, and there was a lot. There was a lot of interesting. This is this is one of the most interesting years for themed rolling stock on coasters. There's a lot of stuff that we've never seen before, and, and even some like themed elements on on ride vehicles from manufacturers that we don't normally see that kind of thing from, like B and M, for example. Um, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, We'll start with, yeah, we'll start with Gravity Group and their Bobcat train reveal. This is a a standard Gravity Group uh, Timberliner train, and the Bobcat is the custom family wooden coaster coming to the Great Escape next year that will be replacing the uh, Alpine Bobsled coaster, which was just recently demolished. And um, what what do you think of the... uh, the lead car for the Bobcat. Lead car is very busy. Um, I'm excited for the park and I'm excited for Bobcat because I think, first of all, this park is going to get a whole lot of new coasters from the ground up. Yeah. And uh, this is going to be a good size, very similar in size to Timber and um, Wallaby Ronald. And so I think it's going to be a really nice fit for the park. However, um, God, that train is, is doing the most and it just, it just kind of looks messy. I just don't think it's a very nice looking train car. I'm excited for them. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited for the ride itself, but um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because the way that the, the, that it's painted, there's a lot of black outlining on it. It looks a little paper mache ish. I'm just not the uh, the biggest fan of the coloring of it. Yeah, of, I'd of, have of to the, agree. Of the, of the front of the car, like we got to see that reveal in person, just because it was we just happened to be there in that particular corner. We didn't go to a majority of the actual reveals because honestly, they're so really busy. chaotic. Oh my god! And it's like there seems to be a million a, GoPros a million and cell phones bloggers and... all competing for the same shot. Um, it was much easier to take in the design elements of these trains you know hours or even days after the reveals so i would say day one at iapa was just totally chaotic the overall vibe was just very like maybe not tense but just like there was a busy and a hurriedness um, because there were so many train reveals they were all on the first day 
that um, it was like everybody was just running around trying to keep up and there was so much, there was admittedly a lot to see. There's a lot of great stuff being announced for 2024, but it was just kind of an intense vibe um, as a result. But yeah, Bobcat was one that we saw in person and it's not exactly our favorite, but um, maybe a good place to start on this list because it can only get better from here. Um, and again, like Sean said, it's a great ride objectively. Like it's going to be amazing for this park and it's going to be like the perfect attraction for the great escape. We're just really nitpicking about the train because yeah, like I, said, I just don't think it looks that yeah. good um, for train front. Yeah. Especially not comparing to some of the other work that they've done for train fronts. I don't know if the Bobcat really tried doing a little bit too much almost. Sometimes less is more. Yeah, I don't know. It kind of looks like, it, to me, it looks like a cake. It looks like, maybe I just watch a lot of Food Network, but I feel like they were doing like one of those cake competitions where they have like six hours to like create a theme and flesh out an entire cake that like tells a story. Oh, like Cupcake Wars. Yeah. But this is like, that's a, that's just it. It just doesn't, it doesn't look like a, like, a really refined artistic thing. I mean, like, looking back at other trains that Gravity Group has done, like Costasaurus was a beautiful uh, Triceratops train, switchback with its uh, locomotive vehicle train. They, I mean, they've done some really cool stuff. Leviathan in Australia. It was just not quite up to their... I don't even know what this coaster is. Gravity Group has done a lot of different themed noses for their trains, and mostly they're almost always a hit, but this one being a miss, it's like, oh, well, no big deal. Um, next up for our booths, um, Noble Rides. I just want to mention it real quick because it was a giant booth. Uh, it wasn't ever really that busy there, but... And uh, Noble Rights, I guess, is Jinma's European yeah. subsidiary. Yeah, there's a, it's yeah, it's kind of the the foil for Jinma slash Golden Horse rides to launch into Western markets. And Jinma had their own booth too. They also had a separate Jinma labeled booth that was elsewhere on the show floor. Like there seemed to be a a deliberate Place move to um, separate the two entities. But, like, the ride vehicle that Noble had on display... It's which, like the dive coaster vehicle. Yes. Oh, no, so, not dive coaster, the um, tilt LS, coaster yeah. vehicle. So like, and the LSM coasters that yeah. uh, Jinma Ride has been developing. It's a great-looking train. It's um, very straightforward. Like, there's nothing... It's not particularly remarkable. Um the most interesting part of it is this oasis at Lakeport project that is allegedly happening. That's like somewhere in Missouri. Oh, and even, I didn't even hear about that project. Oasis at Lakeport. Yeah. Yeah. Supposedly, supposedly, um, noble rides is already working on a, they already have a client in the form of this amusement park concept in, um, Oh yeah. And Osage beach, Missouri, and that's oh, cool. why the, the roller coaster vehicle that they had on display was actually advertising this resort. So, I mean, so I mean, it, it, it's it's really just like a decal on the train, but it's it's something. That's this is a more concrete evidence of this 
particular theme park project happening than like a lot of alleged theme park projects. I mean, I'm actually kind of that excited are supposedly because, going to happen. I mean, I don't hate gym rides of any means. I've kind of enjoyed some of the rides I've ridden in Asia, and yeah, uh, there's also Western manufacturers such as Imperla where I really question who <laughs> was in charge of signing off on those Thunderbolt coasters. So. uh Interesting, yeah. I feel like the biggest criticism people have of Chinese manufacturers is that they rip off of Western manufacturers, but I would say that a majority of manufacturers are guilty of the same. It's kind of the nature of the beast with the industry. When somebody develops something that's really good, it's kind of inevitable that other companies are going to do their version of it and operate you know, all the way up to the the limits of a, of a copyright because it's their right to do that. Um, and when it comes to things like track beds and train designs and stuff, I think in the past there's just been issues with like Jinma n- not actually respecting copyright. Like, wasn't there one year they got chased out of IAPA because of their... Allegedly. Yeah. They were allegedly <laughs> run out of IAPA due to their copyright infringement of the coma. But... What I'm seeing from them and all and all the other Chinese manufacturers by that accord is that there's a lot of I would, maybe not original might be giving them a little too much credit, but they're definitely doing their own design. Like this train for this coaster that Noble had on display, it could pass for a Mac Rides train or an Intamin train, but it's clearly not that. Like clear to us anyway. It's obvious that they're kind of doing their own thing that's based on this type of ride, but there's nothing wrong with just basing your design on an existing design. That's pretty much how the industry has been going for a long time. So it would be really interesting to see them launch a project in the States and, and give you know Americans an easy, accessible way to uh, make their own judgments about a, a, a Chinese Design Chinese built roller coaster um, without having to travel overseas. That would interesting. I don't remember seeing a. Oh, kidding. I did see the Mauer booth. Never mind. So let's talk about oh, Mauer. Yeah. yeah, Mauer was at the front. They're. Yeah, they, their thing right now is they're. It's definitely the spike coaster. They're going all in on the spike coaster and they've got like the, the wing spike coaster trains now. Where you sit on each side of it. And that looks interesting. Like the two, the, the two by two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but not nothing too earth shattering from them. I think Mara really year. is super focused on their their spy models coaster. are cute. I really like that's all they really do now. That water attraction concept that they just recently dropped. They had the most adorable little model of it, like in a little acrylic box, like you could put it under your arm and carry it around. Um, and then another adjacent to this company, with not really a whole lot of changes in their booth, but always still nice to see, is Gerschlauer. Yeah, same thing. Girls yeah. Tower, same models as usual. They Though have, it's nice to have the Mystic model yeah, from uh, Alp, yeah, yeah. because that's a really that's cool, a beautiful layout. Cool Infinity Coaster. And know? then, of course, they have the model of the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shell Razor and Shredder intertwined coaster layout, which, like, it's a real shame that those rides run the way that they do, that they're so rough and vibrating. Because I think under better circumstances, first of all, I would love to see... Fuji Q Highland build the spinner um, around their Takabisha. Second of all, I would like to just see another clone of the two of them, you know, and 
built in conditions that are maybe more ideal than the conditions of the American Dream Mall. Because for whatever reason, all the coasters there are totally jacked up. I was wondering if um, FujiQ would ever go and just build the spinner in there. I mean, I guess that ship has sailed. They don't seem to. Sure. I think if I think if yeah. they had, I'm sure that Gershbauer has pitched it to them. But FujiQ seems like the kind of place where, like, if someone has already done that exact same thing, they're probably not as interested in it. They would want like a bigger, taller, faster, longer version of an intertwined spinner ride around Takabisha. But then maybe they're probably. I could see them also saying like, "Well, Takabisha is fine the way that it is." Like. It has its own vibe. Intertwine these two roller coaster designs together for the sake of necessity. But like Fuji Q is not. Uh, I mean, they're not the biggest park in the world, but they're not like strapped for space either, to the same degree that like Nickelodeon Universe is. So, uh, so next, uh, let's talk about Rocky Mountain Constructor. Their, um, their booth was kind of kind of small. Yeah. I was kind of expecting a little more from the booth, but um, we were looking for it. We realized we never saw it because it was like right under our noses. It was right next to the. I know. Ace we were booth. like, "Where is the risen?" And it was right there. Yeah, it was a little um, modest booth, but but the nice thing is, is it has the new Silver Dollar City Fire and a whole train on display, which mm-hmm. is a beautiful train. Really nice. It's a six seater, you know, three bencher uh, train. It's kind of cool that Rocky Mountain Construction is doing that project because it's such a classic replacement. Um, that was exciting. Then they've got their, their single tracks on display. Oh uh, yeah. Their rail their, tracks. Their rails. And that was pretty nice. And then there was a little model of, um, God, wild, was it wild moose? Oh yeah. The wild moose. Yeah. The, the train. Little model that they have for, uh, you know, like a, like a wild mouse ish. Yeah. Kitty family. Coaster. It's not a bad niche. Their marketing is that like. They want to sell that to people who already have a wild mouse, like a standard Mauer or Mac wild mouse, that are like ready to part with it and replace it with something else. Um, kind of like what Busch Gardens Tampa did this year for their next new coaster, but we'll we'll talk about that a little later. Um, but yeah, I loved the the new train for the new RMC project. I don't know why I was so pleasantly surprised when I saw that it was just a basic lap bar and not a lap bar with shin guards like on their aggressive coasters. I was for some reason expecting the train to be like for the lap bars to be over engineered. Cause that just seems like something RMC would do, but it's a very simple unobtrusive lap bar. They kept, they stuck very close to the design of the original vehicles, which is wonderful. And then uh, B and M was not too far away, which they had two trains on display this time, which is nice. They had a car from their dive machine products, um, in this case, Dr. Diabolical's Cliffhanger from Six Flags Texas on display, um, which was nice. But then, um, obviously, the big show reveal was the Penguin Track trains, which are very stylish, very clean. They um, they have these really big, pronounced springs in the front, which yeah. I'm not sure if they're just thematic. I thought about it, and th- it's, it's because thematic. it looks just like a snowmobile. It's got... It's supposed to. It's got yeah. skis on the Schematic. side that are attached to the springs. So yeah, even though it, I think it's it's not only meant to be thematic, but it, it's designed to convey um, the movement, the articulation that the seats will have on the vehicles because it's supposedly a kind of like a sit down version of pipeline. And I think like is it really? Yeah, that's what I heard. Oh, I the, didn't know that. the seats, the, the seats don't spring up and down. That's what I had heard. Maybe um, maybe that's not accurate information. But for me, the springs 
being a pronounced decorative feature on the snowmobile themed fronts of the cars tells me that like they're they're leaning into that quality of the ride and, and using the the styling of the train to help tell the story and, and uh highlight the that trait of the ride. I'm actually really excited for Piglin Track because I think the whole I mean we did a whole episode on twenty twenty four roller coasters already for North America, but yeah. I think the whole concept of taking a dark ride and then building the roller coaster through it and then having you know that's all kind of really not neat and then having a B&M family coaster like that, that's that's just rare. It's, it's unique. It's new. It's we're cool. in a really interesting era for B&M because they don't really they, – they were – they had a reputation for innovation in the 90s and that reputation kind of died away in the 2000s and now it seems like we're back to – it's obviously not as bombastic as it was when B&M was out here like inventing the inverted looping coaster. Like that was a, an industry – like earthquake that was it's like it's difficult to compare like batman the ride to other things that had happened in the timeline up to that point and since but um it's neat seeing b&m do different things pipeline is a really fascinating interesting marketable fun different ride and on the one hand it's like well yeah you, you that from a Thuzi perspective, it's cool that it's unique. But also, for any person going to SeaWorld Orlando, and you already have three roller coasters from this company, like it's important that if you're going to keep, if you're going to build your fourth and your fifth coaster from the same company, that like what you're getting from this brand is a different experience each time, something that's actually diversifying your collection. So yeah, it's nice how incredibly different the five B and M's are at SeaWorld. Oh yeah. When they're all open. Yeah. Yeah. Considering how much overlap there is between a lot of B and M rides in the same product line, it's nice that when you have a, a park that has so many B and M's, you still get such a nice smattering of options. And now SeaWorld Orlando is about to have like the most diverse collection of B and M's. Technically they don't have the largest, um, they will share that record with Great Adventure, but they will have. I th- I'm guessing the most interesting and the most de- like the most varied um, lineup. Great Adventure still has five B and M's, right? Yeah, we, yeah, was with this, yeah, because yeah. it's Nitro, yes, yeah. Batman, Green Lantern, Lantern Medusa, and, and Superman. Superman. Okay, yeah. yeah, and that's a pretty di- diverse collection too. I think for some people, like there's a lot of overlap with like Green Lantern and Medusa. But <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking. It's just like these big loopers. Yeah, big loopers. It's like for the average, the average guest, like Nitro being the tall airtime thing, Superman being the flying coaster, and Batman being the inverted coaster, are like really what highlights those qualities. There's a more, there's a much bigger gap between. Well, maybe gap's not the right word, but there's like there's a lot more unique qualities between Kraken and Pipeline than there are between Medusa and Green Lantern. Pretty much, yeah. And the new coaster will uh, continue to elevate the uh, the collection there, the B&M collection there. It will, I think, have the uh, probably objectively the best B&M collection at that point. Although I'm sure people at Great Adventure are still very partial to their, their five classics. All of those B&Ms are, like, from the same era, which is really fun. They represent, like, a very precise, like, 10-year chunk of of ride design, beginning with Batman and ending with Superman. So I love that for them. 
Next anyway. up, um, Philadelphia Toboggan Company. Oh, yes. Who is doing the new trains for Comet at Hershey Park, which will still be six-seater, three-bench trains, four cars per train, two trains. But now it'll have ratcheting lap bars for each seat versus having the um, the, he- the handlebars, as I think they called it. Or yeah, the yeah. Janine, our dear yes, friend, Janine calls them there. handlebars. I had never or heard that before, but I guess that's probably – that, yeah. that must be the like technical term. Um, everyone just says buzz bars, but handlebars is I think it's probably more accurate. Or hand, hand, handrails. Yeah, yeah. yeah handrails, I think, is what that's they call That's a it. more accurate description. Uh, trains look awesome. It's going to have a bunch of cool um, – like a nice star motif on the side with um, glittery kind of effects, and every car will be a different shade yeah. of paint. So, like, you can only install the, the train in one matter. Like, the cars need to be lined up exactly a certain yeah. way. And uh, lots of gold touches, which I think is really fun. The gold Instead touch of is silver great. silver for, like, the... It's very unique. For the edges of, of, the, of the train, which is nice. Yeah, for, like, the floor, the steel floor, riveted floor that's almost... Like, you just get so used to seeing that sort of thing in a steel color, like an untreated steel color, that when you see it in gold, it's like, wow, like it really pops. Yeah, it's different. It's nice. I think the train looks gorgeous. And Tom and Janine were like so excited. I loved hearing them talk about all the details. Um, like, like you said, with the color, and like, there's, there's, there was, they, they, there was not one component of that train that wasn't carefully and lovingly considered and thought about. And, uh, I, this is one of the only examples of a three bench PTC car with individual ratcheting lap bars. And I am actually really excited for this. Apparently she said, um, and we've ridden Thunderhawk too. And I guess I just forgot. Maybe that's just not something I was paying attention to at the time, but she said Thunderhawk is also a three bench train with individual. Yeah. Dorney Park. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but I'm not a, I, also, I'm just not a fan of Thunderhawk. <laughs> But I really like the comment, and I'm excited to ride um, what Janine calls the yeet seat, which is that that third row, the, the last seat in a three-bench car and the first car of the train, um, which is something that people love on rides like the Phoenix, for example. But with the individual ratchet and lap bars, I think I'll enjoy it even more because because of my body proportions. Like I prefer a ratcheting lap bar. I get more air that way. The handlebars are are really cool. Hand, handrails? Is that and I think they call them handrails, yeah. The handrails are, are a classic and cool option. And, like, I loved those on, on rides like the Great American Scream Machine and stuff. But she, she actually the night before, she and I were talking about how I think for coasters that used to have a buzz bar and then switched to an individual rationing lap bar, I actually – I think a lot of purists, you know, have feelings about, you know – challenging tradition but like first of all ptc is just fulfilling an order they're giving the client what they wanted hershey asked for this ptc gave it to them if anybody has any issue with this their issue is with hershey park not with ptc second of all i find that deep though like come on no well for some people for some of these people it really is these are thuzies these are this is think about it i mean it really (laughs) it really is that deep for some people but more importantly i think some rides, like when the Great American Scream Machine got Georgia Cyclones trains with individually rationing lap bars, I thought that that ride experience improved um, as a result of that. I just liked not having the the folding lap bar. Um, your mileage may vary. There are some people who think that the ride experience is better or they just, for nostalgia purposes, prefer that experience. But 
I think for me and for you and, and a lot of people we know, like their Comet ride experience will improve as a result of these new trains. And then uh, moving on to a, a, a different company. Yeah, totally Something that gears. is not roller coaster. Um, Sally, um, which is, you know, known for the dark rides, um, they had a Mr. Krabs kind of like, a, like Mr. Potato Head kind of figure up there at oh, their yeah. booth. But I think what he caught my attention like the most head. at the Sally booth was the roller coaster dark ride that they were showing off, which was a partnership with Intamin. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty much Intamin would provide the roller coaster and the drop track and the, you know, the launch and all the cool stuff, spinning vehicles, if you want to want to ask for. But then Sally was going to do the dark ride elements. And they, they showcased a lot of really cool things that I thought were really neat. Very smart. Um, like a roller coaster where you, you know, say you're on top of a building with walls all around you and then and then the ceiling kind of encloses on you. And then that that's also happens to be a drop track, um, which you can do so much with that once that building is enclosed. And all the effects that they were, that they were showing, I thought that was really neat. I think that was my biggest takeaway from Sally this time. Um, and then we went to GCI, which has a their really cool model on display they've had for a couple of years now, which is the kind of like a racing Titan track esque, also a regular track roller and coaster. Got versions, right? Don't they have like a double? Yeah, they have inversions. It's like a super steroid lighting racer type model, which like really cool. And uh, so that model was there. And then they had the trains for the Six Flags Cadea. Colossus um, wooden roller coaster, which are the new they're Infinity Flyers. Infinity Flyers, yeah. that's what they're called. We tried yeah. those in 2019, and Sean, Sean's feet, his shins, like couldn't hardly fit. Like they looked a little rumory this time, room. but we didn't Hopefully, actually sit in. The they definitely did a redesign, a total redesign from what we rode in 20 or what we sat in in 2019, and I hadn't even noticed until I went back and looked at the old pictures. But it does look a lot different. But hopefully, the legroom situation is something that was actually addressed. Yeah, because the legroom is honestly great on the um, on all the Millennium Flyers. Um, so we'll have to see if the new Infinity Flyers from Great Coast International are any better. But you know, we'll have to get a coaster closer by because yeah. I don't know when I'm going to be Sigascadia. There was a lot of Saudi Arabia was like the the continuing overarching theme. Um, everything from Intamin to SNS to GCI to Whitewater West. It was the Saudi Arabia show. And I'm pleased to say that a lot of other people in attendance that we spoke to shared similar sentiments about the Human rights elephant in the room yeah. about what women and queer people are feeling complex emotions wise when manufacturers are announcing these projects because this is this is in a part of the world that very like a lot of people, a lot of cultures and subcultures are not safe in. So it was a little exhausting at times. I'm happy for these companies to get things built. What's good for Intamin and SNS is good for enthusiasts, I think. And it's not these theme parks. It's not all these theme parks and things being built in Saudi Arabia. It's not the people working on these projects. It's not their fault that Saudi Arabia is the country that it is, but it's just kind of a little, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to articulate. I don't want to seem like a bad sport about it or anything, but I think it's a sentiment shared by a lot of queer people, by women, by pretty much anybody who isn't a heterosexual male. But then even as a Christian, Christian people should have feelings about what it would be like to go to a place like this. 
it, there's a lot of reasons for a lot of people to feel, you know, to feel comp. Yeah. To feel feelings okay. about all of this. Anyway, um, <clears throat> next we'll move on to, um, one of the few roller coasters on the show floor. In fact, the only roller coaster on the show floor that you could ride. Yeah. It was the only one this time, right? Mm-hmm. The SPF FISA one. Yes. Yeah. So that was the only one that you could ride, which you did. It was the usual, um, two helix, SPF FISA spinner. It was fun. It was cute. We got the credit. It was nice. They also, of course, had their had a little dark ride. Sorry, a little drop ride on display. Yeah. And they had one more ride on display. What was it again? Oh yeah, the tumbling. It's like called tumbling twister or something. Yeah, it's pretty much oh, like those. Kenobles has one called tumbling timbers. Yeah, it's like it's like the SPF Visa spinner spinner cars, but then there's like four or five of them on like a kind of like a flat dark ride service, and then they. You know, almost like an old Calypso, like an old Schwarzkopf dark ride. They kind of mm-hmm. just tilt and move. Um, good stuff. Cute. SPS Visa still works together with Fun Rides for You, which I think does most of the installations mm-hmm. for their stuff. Um, so uh, they're also they were also the ones operating the attractions on the show floor. I hope in the future we see a giant like. A bigger SPF Visa setup again. The 2019 setup was unbelievable. It was their whole like micro park concept that was, that was really neat. wrapped around with the large SPF spinner looper hamster wheel coaster combo. Like it was awesome. And then Rides for You had a separate little coaster next door. Um, and that was also the year Zamparella had the uh, Nebula's flat ride on display which has become an icon like an instant icon oh, i love the nebulous ride that ride that was missed. the ripple effect of that ride is felt far and wide um and it was cool riding it in iapa first and being like gosh like we loved it and i remember thinking like gosh i hope this is successful because this is a fun ride and now there's like dozens of them already so and then we are switching gears to um endamigo which is a this is a video game like a well, cabinet, like, a, like an like arcade, a, yeah, arcade game, game company. Yeah, they do arcade cabinets. And Sean and I had a blast um, playing their new, their their current generation of the Coin Pusher um, Ticket Redemption game. It's themed to Spider Man. Um, a lot of Coin Pusher games in the current landscape use charms or cards, things that you'll push over the edge on a bed of coins. The cards are either collected or given to the prize counter in exchange for prizes or in the case of like ticket circus, which is a similar game, the the charms get pushed over the edge and they translate to ticket values and then they're recycled and brought back to the top and so on and so forth. But this one used giant like silicon balls balls, and they were really cool. They were super neat. And uh, the game was very uh, interactive. There was a lot of different things. There was, there was a main spinning game. So every time you had a big ball drop over the edge, you would have like this play this things like this wheel of fortune where then the ball would go into one of the holes and that was then your prize so there was usually a, a, like a rapid fire or um, more tickets or something like that and then there was also like the insanity game that would come by and it's this giant game coming from the ceiling that would then swing over to your side and it's like another spinning game so there was a lot of games within games kind of giving you rewards for every time your point pusher your coin pusher would push like a coin over the edge or, you know, like a little silicon ball or a big silicon ball. And then they all translated to being different rewards. Um, um, it was one of my favorite coin pusher games, if not my favorite ever. I really like the Star Trek ones that they have at the David Dave Busters. Busters. Yeah. But this was a really, really neat, fun and 
for quite a bit, and it I was know. we had a it blast. was it was very interactive. It, it was fun. Yeah, definitely uh, would like to see it some somewhere. We yeah. we did. I love walking around the uh, the arcade cabinet part of IAPA. Um, our friends Dave and Jody Mador. That's they run arcade games and like prize claws and stuff. Uh, a variety of clients, and that's like their that's where they hang out. That's their focus. They're they're in IAPA as like as clients as buyers, and they're exploring all of the different um, games and things like pinball. Dave's a big pinball guy, so like he's like always checking out what's new on the pinball horizon. I love pinball, but it stresses me out. I think I'd rather watch people play. Um, but coin pushers, I'm all about it. And then um, switching to a completely different gear, we did some of the food stuff that they had at yeah. on, on, like the food vending side of. Ayapa, which you know, it's um, a lot of fast food and, and, and you know, food that you can sell at your FEC, at your amusement park, mm-hmm. at your water park, whatever. And so uh, we had honestly nothing that remarkable. However, <laughs> there the was Sabaro, which we ate because we were hungry, and it's like, wow, even being hungry doesn't help this product. Wow, well, babe. And then, <laughs> uh, we had some mini donuts, which are cute. But then I think the real highlights was this company called Mini Melts. Which um, they share pretty much the same market as a Dip and Dots, similar logo, similar product, um, except less dotty. Like it's not as um, circular the dots are. Like there are there are just more like all sorts of shapes and sizes. Yeah. That they're that they're. I would ice say it's more in. accurate because I think Dip and Dots are guilty of that as well. Where like a lot of the ice cream pieces are not dots, but like funky partial clusters. But it was good. Shakes. I had the uh, cookies and cream one, and it was very good. I had the brownie. In fact, I preferred it over Dippin' Dots. I really liked... I was appreciative of their sample size being so large. Like, they really did not skimp on the samples. They were there to make a a really strong impression. Yeah, they were popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We met up with uh, a bunch of friends, of course, yeah. all throughout IAPA. Um, so, if we forget your name, then... Our dear friend Josh, who met we met with Josh, who was big friends yeah. uh, and big fan of Mini Melts, so that was nice. Yeah. Um, and then oh, let's talk about some water parks or yeah. part of water slide products. We'll start with Pauline. It was actually the very first um, booth we went to when we got to Ayapa this year. Was um, Pauline Water Parks Water Group? They do a lot of yeah. stuff. They do aquariums. They do they do a lot. But um, Pauline is always the one that has the most spectacular looking concepts. I will say that because they are just, they, you know, when we were there four years ago and we thought, oh, you know, this uh, Time Rider concept that they announced then was, was, looks so cool and so crazy. But now that looks like nothing compared well, to their current biggest, the biggest the product, Stingray. which now is the Stingray. Um, that was the biggest highlight for me. There was a big model for it there. It's really just four slides and then it's two sets of two racing one another and then um two of the slides become the center of the stingray go all the way through and then via the wings of the stingray on the edges and the points they kind of zigzag their way back and then you have the two other slides that um enter the stingray kind of off to the side and then become these giant bowls that then in return disappear underneath the sling stingray and then also dump out underneath the tower it's kind of hard to describe but if you look it up the the, the pauline Stingray, it's it's a fascinatingly awesome concept. It was nice seeing that model and kind of admiring that. Mm-hmm. Of course, Pauline is known for the biggest, probably what people know them for in in America is going to be like Sugar's Good Adventures old Cobra water slide, where you would go into the Cobra's face, you know, and then come back out of it as part of your boomerango kind of moment. 
um, which was nice. Another big project that they're working on is their Sip and Slide. Is that what it's called? Sip and Slide? The zip and Slide. I yeah. think it's called Zip and Slide, which it's is like suspended a suspended roller coaster, roller coaster water, water slide. slide raft ride. It's a lot, literally. Um, I don't know how far that will go. It looked really cool conceptually, yeah. but it just seemed like it seemed more of a pie in the sky concept. Yeah. But the nice thing about Stingray is, despite it looking like this over the top crazy idea, it looks like I mean they're already they've already got one contracted to open the spring in France. So that's cool. I yeah. mean that's one of the coolest looking water slides in the world. Getting so something awesome. as massive and beautiful as that built and rideable is is super exciting. Have the work, yeah, yeah. So. We will be there. That's suddenly I'm like, oh, I we I plan a trip around riding that in France. Like we go to France all the time. That'd be easy. And then we stopped by we stopped by Whitewater, which um, of course is also responsible for the log ride going to Sigrascadia, which is cool. I mean, it's just a log ride, and it would they just kind of reveal like the look of the log, which is nice. I'm just glad that Whitewater is such a pro- is still so prolific in providing. Log flumes. Again, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, we're not going to Saudi Arabia. We can't, and we're not going to ride this log flume. But ultimately, we're just glad that Whitewater West is still finding log flume clients because the next log flume client might be somewhere that's, like, safe for us to go. So, um, And then we uh, we chatted a little bit with the designer of the... The slide wheel. The slide wheel. And we, we discussed the um, the big tower in a cutter, the big water slide tower, mm-hmm. um, which is really fascinating because I didn't realize that the way the water slide tower is built is that a lot of the slides that are higher up and kind of middle of the tower, because the tower is about as tall as the Statue of Liberty. Like, it's that crazy tall. So some of the water slides obviously don't go all the way down to ground level. So some that don't, they kind of go to the middle. And then from the middle, you can take other water slides back down all the way to the ground. Some of the ones that neat, go down to right? ground level were unbelievable. I know, because you have ones that go all the way from the top, like the dropout slide. They go yeah. all the way down. It's crazy. That body slide is massively long and scary. Um, but yeah, that's a really cool wide water project. The thing is just, I think in general, it's the coolest water slide project ever. Um, so that was really neat. And then, um, I don't know to, to, to what extent we could talk about this, because the, the, what they showed us was like a model that they're still patenting. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and it, that was literally only in the meeting room that's behind closed doors. Um, but somehow they were really interested in, in pulling us in there and making us look at it, which is cool. So um, there's something that they're working on that I'm going to really vaguely describe as a kind of like um, a morphing of a standard tube that makes it look like it has an inversion while really it's just really clever working with the slide walls as to where the raft can slide and where the raft can slide. Um by using like you know different dimensions sideways and, and, and a vertical to kind of change the shape of the tube, while it really doesn't do much for the tube's actual positioning inside the this the slide, it it looks really really spectacular. And I'm sure if you do something inside of that tube, um, it's cool. That's about as yeah, big and as kind of detailed the, I can be about it. It's I guess. sort of like the evolution of the slide wheel of like tricking the eye. The slide wheel is terrifying looking. It makes it look like you're doing these ridiculous acrobatics in a water slide when really the slide rotates around you and your vehicle eddies in the valleys of that are created by the slide um, as you progress through. And the, the that has been a hugely successful and, and just iconic uh, product for Whitewater West. So this product, this next, this, this two, it reminded me a little bit of like a, a, a DNA double helix, like the shape of it. 
but like traveling down it and as it rotated around you, you would slide from one end of the, uh, of the track to the, I don't know, it's gosh, it's hard to describe. It's for the best that we can't describe this because it's probably embargoed, but it's it's really cool. cool. (laughs) I want to say that it was cool and it was really cool of them to show this to us. Um, and so, um, obviously, we can't forget Pro Slide when we're talking about water slides. Yes. Uh, Pro Slide highlights are, are really, in, in my opinion, the sheer amount of models that they have out on display in the boots. I mean, it's first I of all, love, they've opened yeah. a lot of really cool products in the recent years. And of course, the big focus is on their water coasters now. You have the one that's water propelled, and you've got your electromagnetic propelled ones. Both are being sold kind of depending on what the park wants as their products. Mm-hmm. One one uses a lot more water, but it's cheaper. And one, you know, uses a lot well, less water, but electromagnetic is, is more expensive. Um, it was really cool, especially because they had Sion Park in, in Tenerife. Um, their new racing disc toboggan launch water slide situation. It's so spectacular. Um, my friends at Theme Park Explorer wrote it and, and, and they, they swear by it. It looks so good. So um, that was uh, nice to see that model on display, and they've got a bunch of other cool models. So I really enjoy looking at that. I don't think ProSlide really has any, had anything that was revolutionary new that was standing out to me, and like maybe Pauline and um, um, our friends at Whitewater. But it was still, I think that if you're looking at just like consistency in a product, ProSlide just has that. They can build entire water parks. Yeah. Um, you know, Volcano Bay is 100% ProSlide. It's stuff like that where you just. It's just consistent. It's nice. And I think they have a really, um, like, they have a sort of professionalism to them. When you show up, you know exactly, like, a pro side product is a pro side product. I feel like I can tell, tell if it's a pro side, like, 10 miles away. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and so that's kind of the nice thing about pro slide. And, and they, they showcase like that there. Like, they don't really innovate just for the sake of innovating. innovating yeah. They're, they they kind of let necessity breed their innovation. And they have so many clients and. They do such a great job, I think, of, of moving the envelope along smoothly. Their products are reliable, and they they open on time, and they don't require a lot of tweaking Most or adjusting. Of a yeah. Lot of, yeah. So, um, before, sorry, I need not to interrupt, but I want to go back to Whitewater real quick. They do have this new, um, another new concept that they are um, selling, and that's using almost like constrictor walls, like really like kind of like taller wider walls to kind of create a zigzagging uh, motion in, in a water slide. It's hard to describe as well, but um, it looked really, really good. That, that You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the new products? Yeah. yeah it was, I forgot oh, the name of it. Oh, their concept was, was so beautiful, beautiful with like the waterfall yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's just such an exciting landscape. I love the water park. The water park booth. landscape is the stuff that we tend to spend the, a lot of time in. The Whitewater know? West Pro Slide pull-in battle is a, is a really fun one to watch. And it's one of those competitions where like the clients the the consumer wins wins. yeah and it's awesome um and then we want to talk a little bit more about coasters of course so we'll talk about Vekoma for a bit yes so Vekoma had on display their um tilt coaster model which is which is fine but um i think obviously the biggest thing that Vekoma revealed this time around is their good gravy roller coaster trains for Mm. their junior boomerang Looks awesome, especially the front and back card of all the sleigh. It's so kitschy and just just a commitment. You come with a, you come up with an idea and you run with it and you and you launch it into the stratosphere. This is a fun, different, just bizarre, like odd. But like I love that. 
I love when, you know, you can get beaten into submission with all of the superhero coasters and the same kind of vibes and themes and, you know, tropical water parks and industrial scary themed roller coasters. And here comes Holiday World with a a roller coaster themed to gravy, the gravy train, if you will. A whole Thanksgiving roller coaster with a spread and everything that your roller coaster navigates around. And I think of a coma being at um, IAPA, it's just, you know, victory laps for them because they're so yeah. busy and so sold out. So there really wasn't much that Ooh. we talked about or discussed there because, you know, Facoma was busy, but also... I would have loved you know, to have seen um, a model of just their traditional, their current generation of their sit-down looping coaster because they've got, like, the flash vertical velocity opening at um, Six Flags Great Adventure next year, which is the probably the roller coaster stateside, if not globally, that I'm most excited you know what, about. I want, I want to see a fly model, a model of fly of Fantasia. Oh, my one. God. That would be so yeah. great. Um, next, uh, we'll talk about uh, some of our uh, friends in, uh, from China. We um, big clients of Vacoma, Fanta Wild Park. Fanta Wild had had a booth, which Fanta Wild is, is interesting because they um, they kind of create formulas for theme parks and, and, and clone those, and then build certain attraction types that are all pretty much in house manufactured. Dark rides, boat rides, it's just it's, it's kind it's of fine like, theater. It's almost like a like an all in one. Like they. Our company that operates theme parks, but they completely design them and they it would categorize be like them. If and Disney, if like Walt Disney Imagineering or Universal Creative also lent their their expertise and design to third parties. Well, yeah, but I don't even know how much Fanta Wild is doing third party wise or has been doing. Um, but it's just really fascinating to me. It's almost like having universal creative as like its own booth and it's playing right. how they design the parks. And exactly. Yeah. So that was really neat. And I think one thing that we talked about with, um, with Fanta wild is we talked about their, they have like a flume cinematic dark ride that uses a lot of screens. And so it's a flume ride that uses a lot of screens as well as physical effects. Um, and it was just fascinating the way they showed that. And then they have a sort of circular dome theater that uses um, hydraulics to lift up, so you're bored in like one environment that's usually a physical set, and everyone faces this, the the center, and then you lift up, and then you have, you know, your second level is your whole dome, which you then are in the dome for for the the 3D part of the show. I thought that was really cool. They have they've got some really interesting concepts um, that that are big for them, and of course, Fanta Wild is known for for their for their space theme parks and their for their Heritage Oriental theme parks, and then they all have very unique, different rides. They also developed a lot of the Sunak parks. Did they? Didn't they? Yeah. Well, like all the the Sunak parks, a lot of them were Fanta Wild parks, and the ownership changed while a lot of them were in development. That does ring a bell. Like Guangzhou Sunak was was a Fanta Wild park. Remember how it was right next to the Fanta Wild shopping mall with the Fanta Wild water park and movie theater and stuff, but the amusement park, that is which true. had originally we been were, part of Fanta Wild, that's was, right. we used to was so purchased. Right. It's because like Fanta Wild, I think, <coughs> over-speculated a little bit, and they had to sell off some of their debt. So the Sunak parks, I think a majority of the Sunak parks are, including, Fanta Wild products, are, are yeah. parks that Fanta Wild designed. Well, then I wonder if Fanta Wild was in charge of one of our favorite dark rides ever, which Final is C the battle. Final Sea Battle. Oh, I can, I, I'm almost Because they're in charge of that, I need somebody yeah. else to build a Fanta Wild ride. Yeah. Uh, but that was cool. And then, um, of course, we, we stopped by Jinma, which had 
Um, their new, I think, dive coaster on display. Yeah, their dive coaster, their broken rail, which the is their broken rail the tilt coaster. Tilt coaster was on there, and then um, a company that we didn't remember seeing prior, but that we've written some of their products was the um, um, Shibolai, mm-hmm. which we did one of their suspended dark ride um, roller coasters, which were at Guangzhou soon. At Guangzhou soon, so that was a wild design as well. Um, so that was uh, that was cool, and um, we got some of their uh, their pamphlets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I guess we'll we'll talk about some of the more big boys again. Yeah, we've got SNS, which we revealed the Transformers more than access the coaster, eye. which is of course uh, also going to Saudi Arabia, but yeah. this time not to Six Flags, but to uh, to some of the seven some destinations. Unknown, and seven means, stands yeah. for um, Saudi entertainment venues. Um, I don't know what the EN stands for, but that's what it said. Um, either way, um, really venue. cool. There you go. Saudi Entertainment sense. Venue. Cool. Yeah, seven. So um, there you go. Yeah. Really cool design. A lot smaller than I expected. The train is gorgeous. Like, the reveal gorgeous access train. was so unfortunate because like, they couldn't get the media to play. That's then, okay. We can, we, we can skip and then they that, launched, guess, but... And then they showed everyone the train. And I was like, oh my God, the train's so amazing. And then when the media came out, people were surprised by how short and small the coaster was it really is cement it's it, it is the first action the ever the we're see part. is like an indoor two three-story roller coaster that, yeah. i mean that's in feature two inversions and it goes around twice um eight passengers Capacity per train be terrible but it's you know it's for an indoor sort of attraction it's not for a major theme park yeah um i was expecting unfortunately that was gonna i was expecting a large access coaster because ever since they launched the access product in 2019 um, they've had all these big models for it, all these big designs that they have, have animations for and stuff. So I was expecting something a little bigger. Um, and I think Access is one of the coolest coaster concepts. I really think along with the Mecha Stream Spinner, yeah, I, it's kind yeah. of, you know, and then the 4D coaster, it's really kind of up there. Mm-hmm. Which SNS has already kind of, I think SNS kind of controls the market of like having having the, the more intense you know, they've got their I think um, of SNS, air launch I coasters. Think of, like, they've got the their 4D coasters. Their the coasters, free flies, free spins, access. Coasters that SNS. will push the limits of human endurance, I think of SNS. So um, it's cool. Um, really is hoping to see a big access coming somewhere. Yeah. Um, that's really all, all mm-hmm. of that. But yeah, trains were spectacular. It was really cool. And um, and then it was a cool reveal. Of course, the I think the biggest reveal, the one that created the most chatter and buzz was the Intamin Falcon's Fury reveal for Falcon's Flight. Yeah. Or South Falcon's Flight, sorry. Wrong Intamin. Um, for Six Flags Kidia. Um, and this even more so than the SNS project and like the GCI project just started a lot of conversations about this whole situation with the Middle East. But Well the biggest conversation that Falcon's Flight is really all about is that first of all it's an incredibly bulky train. I mean it makes sense because this it's is bizarre. supposed to be like the fastest, longest, tallest roller coaster in the world, also in the middle of a desert. Um but the trains are cool. They're using giant acrylic uh, windows to prevent people from having to use glasses in order to ride that ride. Um it sounds to me like it may catch a lot of wind, but um the it curved such a way, I mean they 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 all seem confident about it. Um, I will say the train is gorgeous and probably the biggest train we've ever seen for like a two seater side by side. Like it ten is out of ten, massive There's car. There's like a whole floor, and I expect this whole train to be like that, like just like a massive train. That train is like very big, the equivalent of sitting in an exit row on an airplane. The distance between the seat and the windshield in front of you, unbelievable. And then uh, speaking of big launch coasters, of course there was the Zamperla booth with the Top Thrill Two train, beautiful, which I think looks awesome. 
Uh, I'm excited for Top Throw too. I mean, it looks pretty generic to train. It really wasn't anything special. Um, I think it's fairly. It's it practiced it's clean. Some, it definitely practiced some restraint. I think it's pretty sophisticated. There is still a lot of head scratching about Zamperla and them doing this project because it seems like quite a leap from what they've been entrusted with up to this point. And when it comes to like roller coasters that they've done, they can be pretty hit or miss. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all pans out. Um, and then we have Chance Rides, which is home to the new Mattel theme park roller coasters. They're being they're being done by Chance Rides, which includes a hybrid GTX looping coaster, and it includes a, a more traditional family coaster yeah, product. Like a large, but they're both very product. very very big. And the train on display was for the Twin Mill Racers roller coaster, which is a Hot Wheels themed. Double loop, double corkscrew roller coaster that's going out to Arizona next year. I think it's supposed yeah. to open, or maybe the year yeah. after. No, it's they're going to open oh in the God, spring. It's I think such a gorgeous looking oh, train. Yeah, this train, probably the best train. On we the saved play. this train for last on the like best the train, train tour because this was, I think, the winner. It was a perfect balance of commitment to a theme, um, sophistication, and execution. It was awesome. Yeah, it was really, really great. It's and, beautiful. Um, I'm really excited for the Spark in general because both coasters that Chance Rides is doing look really good. The trains are the insides of the trains. For the for anyone wondering, they look pretty much. They don't think doesn't look like they've strayed much, if at all, from what they did for Lightning Run at Kentucky Kingdom. So, if you're familiar with those trains, they're pretty similar to the RMC trains. Um, but it'll be, I think, a really nice experience, comfort-wise and seating-wise, for a launch coaster with multiple inversions, um, and just a very stylish package to boot. And then, um, last but not least, we want to talk a little bit about Bull Move Nation, which, um, again, those were the guys that that Sven works for, and uh, we were invited up by this year. And Bull Move Nation has a, a, just an awesome collection of dark ride concepts. Uh, mostly on a smaller scale, which is great for regional parks. Their first um, award-winning ride, actually, is um, how do you pronounce it? Champefolie, something like yeah. that. It's a, it's a La Paul in in France, and it's a, using um, almost like a like a square building in, in a circular motion uh, between physical sets and screen sets. It's an interactive dark ride, a shooter. Um, really, really neat concepts. And they have a bunch of different kinds of concepts now, including uh, one more, more Mardi Gras themed. There's a, dino, di- a dinosaur themed one, aquarium themed one, all that kind of good stuff. And um, they obviously can build on larger sizes too. A really cool concept that they came out with is a, um, and there's already one under construction right now. I believe it may open soon, or it was already open for test opening. But it's a, it's almost like a virtual water slide where you sit in the actual water slide raft. And there is water slide motions because of the simulator. Um, and then using VR, it's like you're riding a real water slide, uh, which one was sold into a, a Gulf country um, because it doesn't mean you have to get wet so you can ride it in like hijabs or whatever you want to ride in. Um, it's, you know, it's nice for people that don't want to do the whole big water slide thing. That's true. Um, and uh, they work with Triotech a lot, which Triotech was right next to them in their booth, um, which they worked together they with Triotech on their last. For- um, for their yeah, they, the, the ride for La Paul. Yeah, they won a Brass Ring Award for the new it looks Dark so Ride. Cute. It's, it's really themed cool. to anthropomorphic mushrooms. Yeah. What's not to love? And there's also a candy themed one where like a I think it's a like a little yeah. um 
um, squirrel that gets uh, high <laughs> on candy, and, and it's a whole thing. So um, it's, really, it's really exciting. Um, you know, it's nice to see new players in the market. And they've been around for a couple of years now, but not too yeah. long. And um, really, really fascinating and, and high quality stuff. And we're excited to see where the next dark ride will come. Um, we hope that this was a successful venture for them at the IAPA here in America. It's the first time they were at IAPA, because we would love to see one of their products come to the states. Especially because of all uh, America's focus on doing a lot more smaller projects, you know, the Universal is opening smaller theme parks, Mattel is opening. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of theme parks opening, like Liberty Land in the United States. Lots opening up that isn't very large and will be really benef- would benefit from having a smaller type dark ride. And I think a really good starting off point is, is definitely Bold Move Nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of experience um, in the industry already, but then like in a new, fresh concept, um, company and i think that is um it's worth a lot and so we're really excited for for what the future holds we can't wait to get to lapal we, we missed the opening unfortunately due to due to work but um, we can't wait to get to lapal and, uh, and ride it soon mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll see some boat with nation stuff closer to our home yeah that'd be cool and uh with that we're almost at an hour and we will leave you guys to the next episode um make sure to leave us five star reviews hope preferably leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, anywhere you're listening. We really appreciate it. And, of course, uh, follow us on our social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter. Well, what's it? X. Um, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Instagram, threads, all the good stuff. And uh, we will see you on our next episode. Bye. Bye.